these days in the virtual world working, it's always always a good idea to unmute yourself before starting a video recording. So hello, good afternoon. Today it's Lydia's Tech Podcast and today I'll be talking about capacity calculation in wireless networks and I'm going to drift between LTE and 5G references for this video because the um, terminology used across both LTE and 5G are similar. So in my last two podcast episodes, I covered what the concept of a channel is and why that is useful and also touched on the various aspects of regulation and coordinating what um, spectrum can be used for what. But the singular purpose of spectrum or let's call that frequency for the purposes of today's discussion is to be able to carry information back and forth between devices. So whether that device is your mobile um, mobile phone like mine, an iPhone 8 here, or if you've got a, um, a smartwatch or, or a tablet, okay? So, so frequency is used to um, send our data all, all over the world, um, but I guess basically wirelessly from one terminal to another. And today's discussion, I want to look at how that frequency availability translates into, into capacity in terms of working out how much data theoretically can be imposed on a certain um, amount or certain bandwidth of frequency. So before I start, I just want to explain some basic concepts that would help us build up to this frequency calculation. So in wireless communication, you've got your, um, your frequency domain. So all of the data sent is bound by um, two dimensions. So you've got your frequency dimension and you've got your time dimension and the smallest unit of transmission of that resource is what is called a, a resource element. And this is basically um, a, a unit of frequency over a duration of one in time. And what happens is in, in transmission, what you have is a grouping of multiple resource elements. So in your in, in your um, orthogonal or orthogonal um, frequency developed um, division multiplexing, you've got stacks of resource elements which are small uh, subsets of frequency units broken down, and that is spread over a um, 10 milliseconds um, 10 milliseconds frame. So you've got your resource element and of course every resource element cannot just be crammed next to each other because that would just mean a scenario where all of your information um, interferes destructively. So we need to have some 
gap between different subcarriers, and this is where the concept of subcarrier spacing comes in. In LTE, that subcarrier spacing is fifteen is a duration of fifteen kilohertz. Um, but in 5G, you've got different subcarrier spacing that can be allocated. So you can have 15 kilohertz and, and um, 30 um, kilohertz uh, subcarrier spacing as well. So another concept is the time slot. So you've got your radio frame, which would occupy a 10 milli. Um, 10 millisecond duration but within that you have that split into um, time slots of 0.5 milliseconds which means within a radio frame you would have 20 time slots and again between 4g and lte you have different duration of time slots that can be used so lte for example you can go um, well, 0.5 milliseconds is the standard. And then for 5G, you can have smaller time slots duration of 0.25. And what this means is that you have smaller units of time that your frequency can be spread above. So if you took um, a time slot of um, 0.5 milliseconds, what you would have is um, 12, um resource elements bounded by um seven ofdm symbols and that that's what would essentially give you a resource block so a resource block is a combination of um resource elements bounded by your um of ofdm ofdm symbols in time so that's a concept of a resource block so not in too much detail, but I just wanted to call out all of the basic building blocks just to start to build an idea of the calculations around how this um, translates to, to capacity in either the LTE or 5G worlds. And of course, there's all that terminology which we would um, touch on, but I wouldn't explain in detail here around um, um, modulation for example which um, um which guides the how do i put it, the quality so how many how many bits you can impose per symbol so of course if you've got um qpsk for example that means you can impose you can impose two bits per symbol if you've got 16 quad means you can impose four bits per symbol and if you've got 64 quad it means you can impose six bits per symbol and so on and so on so what this means is that the better your sing your signal um condition the more you can compress data um into your um into your onto your um your ofdm symbol during transmission okay so that's one bit so I'm going to be looking in and out of my um, calculation just to start to build up this um, picture of how this capacity calculation is derived. So let's take a very simple example where you have just five 
um, megahertz of of, of uh, bandwidth for for transmission, as an example. So, very quickly again during this transmission. So I mentioned earlier, you need to reserve um, some guard in between symbols as they are transmitted. So you need to resolve. You need to reserve some portion of your spectrum to be able to um to be able to allow for signals to peter out before you start the next um cycle of transmission so roughly you would have around 10 percent of of your total available bandwidth reserved for um for your guard guard period and all of that so if you had five megahertz bandwidth, then it means effectively you've got only 4.5 megahertz of, you've only got 4.5 megahertz effective bandwidth to use for your transmission. So the next thing you need to, well, that is worked out in the system is how many subcarriers this translate to so your um, unit of time is in milliseconds so the first thing you need to be able to do is multiply that by um, 1000 to go from milliseconds to seconds because your frequency is in um, seconds duration so you need to level that out so if you take 4.5 you multiply that by a thousand and divide that by your subcarrier spacing so for example if you're using a 15 kilohertz uh, subcarrier spacing it would give you um it would give you um um 4.5 multiplied by 1000 divided by 15 of you're using 30 then you divide by um 30 in that case actually i think what i would do is to share my screen so it's visible in my presentation and it just gives um gives a bit more uh explanation towards my calculation so if i share this I hope you can see that. So this is what I'm talking about. This is a spreadsheet I made up a very, very long time ago to help me work this out. And it's um, it's coming in handy because it's I, I don't have to do this again. I just have to try to recall how I worked all of this out. So it's in here and I'll do my best to um, explain and also share this um, calculation with you. So this is a previous step I just discussed here. So your effective bandwidth is this less 10%. And then that is the step here to calculate your um, number of subcarriers. So now you've got your number of subcarriers, you need to work out how many resource blocks you've got. So again, this is um, your results you've got here. Multiply by a thousand, because again, you're going from milliseconds to trying to work in seconds again. So you need to balance that out. Now, I think in this, in this, um, in this scenario, it might be calculating from hertz to megahertz. No, that's still right. It is still a time translation here. And then divided by 360, um, 
why did I do that? Let me see if I've got some notes. No, I didn't put any notes there. I'll come back to that point. But basically what we're trying to work out here is how to um, calculate the number of resource blocks. So earlier I said you've got your, um, your resource elements, which are 12 by seven. So you've got your 84, 84 resource elements over your one slot duration. So you need to translate that to how many of this you can stack over um, duration of um, duration of um, what, over a frequency bandwidth of five megahertz. So you've got 13, 13 resource block contained in your 4.5 megahertz effective bandwidth. So the next thing you need to try to work out is the number of symbols you have contained in your normal cyclic uh, prefix per milliseconds. I've given myself a hint here, thankfully. So here you're, multi you're multiplying your number of resource block over two half slots times 14 symbols times 12 um, resource elements because you have to calculate the number of resource elements you have in your resource block and that will now give you um, 4,200 um, 4,200 uh, symbols that are available for transmission. So now the next thing is you need to convert that into the number of symbols per second. And again, just to translate that, you need to multiply from milliseconds. So you need to multiply by a thousand. So what that gives you is all of this, um, all of this, what, what is this? This is 4.2 million symbols. I know this sounds like a lot, but it is not a lot. And you would see what that starts to translate to in terms of number of um, bits that are available for transmission at any given time. So I'll, I'll just come to um, this top half because what I've done here is starting to scale up towards higher bandwidths. And as you can see here, as the bandwidth increases, you start to get quite big steps in the number of um, symbols, which is essentially what you need to carry your data here. So in this next step here, I start to calculate um, what that will mean. So number of transport number of transport uh, blocks, and I've done my calculations slightly different, and I will I will attempt to explain this by this tiny calculation I did here. So basically, in TDD, because we have um, both uplink and downlink transmission happening over the same um, the same 10 millisecond radio frame, um, you have certain slots uh, called the special subframe that are reserved for um, pilot information, sending for uplink and downlink and your guard period. So what happens is there is some, a portion of this is used for downlink transmission. So again, when you calculate on like an FDD scenario, you have to, um, 
remove that um, portion of transmission that is available for um for um for downlink transmission within the special subframe and there are different arrangements in specification that defines how much of this um special subframe can be used for for downlink and their portions of it which is fixed so when you um make that calculation and here i've picked one of the specs which says well there is six um uh, 60% allocation from the downlink uh, subframe for calculation. There are different ways to do this, but um, again, I did this very, very um, long time ago, so I'll probably do notes to follow up on uh, some of these just to make it um, just to make it clearer. So starting to go towards the home stretch of this around um, what the actual throughput would be. So if you had a scenario where um, you've got FDD, um, it's a different uh, calculation because you've got, for example, in FDD, a portion of spectrum. So you would have five megahertz allocated for uplink and you would have another five megahertz allocated for down link traffic transmission but in the case of tdd um in case of tdd it is a shared resource and you can have different combinations and slots arrangements for um for transmissions in the overall defined in spec so um if you had uh, qpsk for example it means you can only um transmit two bits per symbol and what i've also put into account here is whether you are sending your transmission over a, a two, um, in this case four by four mimo which means you're getting four streams of transmission that are sending two bits at a time over your um uh, number of symbols so that is what i've started to work out here which is um you get your two your two slots times the number of bits you have divided by i think that is 1000 because i've got two elements that are in milliseconds so i'm trying to bring that down so when i calculate this that would give me a a um what's it called so that will give me a, a um, figure in seconds. So with this calculation, I think I've done multiply by three divided by four to try to work out that special subframe element of it. And then I've multiplied the streams four times over. So when you work all of that out, what that starts to present is how much theoretical capacity you would have. So if we look at this line here on slide 11, on line 11, it's a case, and um, this might be a worst case scenario. So this is looking at um, what would be available in total for that um, transmission area, not what would be available per user. So you have, in the case of QPSK that has um, four by four MIMO enabled, you would have a theoretical capacity of 25 um, megabits per second. Oh, I think that, 
don't worry about that. I'll put that in the notes somewhere. And then if you increase that to 10, you have around 53. And if you're super, super lucky to have um, a lot of capacity in your network, that could give you um, one, one gig um, transmission capacity. Yeah, so this is kind of like a worst case scenario and based on uh, FDD, which is the assumption that you have dedicated uplink and downlink resources for data transmission that are of equal and symmetric side. If you looked at the case of TDD, you can see there is a difference here in capacity. So where you would get 25, you get only, you get only 20 for, for TDD, trying to work out what that is in percentages. <laughs> Not very good at my maths today, considering I'm doing maths. Um, so you get 20, and then if you look at the um, expanded uh, bandwidth using 400 here, you get only 790. So this is um, generally uh, the case with how transmission is worked out in general transmission capacity in channels and the general principle is that again the more bandwidth you have so for example you have five you can um, generate um, 75 uh, megabits per second capacity in your coverage area that is assuming you're using four by four mimo and two five six qam but on the other end, if you had the same conditions and you had a lot more bandwidth, you'd be doing what about three points, um, nearly 3.2 gigs approximately. So this is just to give an idea of how capacity is worked out. And this is, um, believe it or not, a very, very simplistic view of what happens in terms of how capacities work out there are many many aspects of it there's a lot of aspects of you know how you avoid um, interference between subcarriers between symbols interference between cells and all of these factors together really affect how much capacity is available per time to serve users um, that are transmitting or receiving information on a cell so i hope that was helpful and if you have any questions i know there are a couple of points i need to clarify i will um i will do that and i'll be happy to to help you with this so thank you so much i hope you found this episode on channel capacity calculation useful and i hope to see you soon bye